0: Host Dr. Karen Can, author of the number one bestseller *Guide to Healing Chronic Pain: A Holistic Approach*, and if you are a sensitive soul, we are here for you. We're here to help, empower you, and inspire you to have the life of your dreams, whether that be radiant health, uh, amazing relationships, prosperity, or simply peace of mind. So, thank you for joining me. And if you don't already have my free Clearing and Protection Spray Formula. You can get it at clearingandprotectionspray.com, and it helps to calm you and and clear your space of negative energies and overall feel calm, comforted, centered, and grounded. So today with me is a very special guest, Taylor Conroy. He is the CEO of The Idea Collective, and that domain name where you can check out the business is www.theideacollective.org, O-R-G. And the reason I have Taylor on the show today is because, um, you know, I've been working with Wellness Leadership Academy, and they really emphasize the importance of making an impact for wellness leaders like myself to really make an impact. And one of the things they said was, you need a TEDx talk. And I'm like, what the heck is that? (laughs) Like, I didn't really know what that was. And uh, when I was a child, the worst thing in the world, and this is true of many people, stats show, is stand in front of a classroom like when I was in grade whatever four, and do a speech we were made to do speeches. I hated doing speeches because it was all about popularity and you know uh, the class had to actually vote on your you know on on, on your speech uh, and of course i was I was scared out of my mind to to stand in you know grade four to stand in front of this class and to do a speech. And they made fun of me because, well, the popular people made fun of me. I got like a zero. Well, actually, they couldn't vote a zero. They voted a one
1: uh, out of ten.
0: And um, because I did a speech on kindness. Yes. <laughs> Karen Cannon's speech on kindness. And the funny thing is we had then integrated classrooms so that the people that were what we would, you know, back then we called mentally retarded um, you know, were in the classroom with us. And I was always very, very kind to them because they would get bullied and made fun of and, you know, the whole bit. And I just felt horrible about that. So they gave me like a 10 out of 10, <laughs> but there was only three of them in class. And the popular people gave me one out of 10 because they thought my speech was stupid and boring. Um, and so I kind of got slightly traumatized and scarred about that. But then come to find out as I'm developing my business and things like that and learning from Peak Potentials and you know different organizations, I finally went to train the trainer and learn how to be a trainer, not a speaker, but a trainer, and learn these skills, and now it's like, oh, you mean I was terrible at it before because I was never trained? And now I love it. I absolutely love it. And uh, I'm so excited because I'm learning about how important it is for wellness leaders to be able to make an impact and then to make an impact quickly being on the TEDx stage. So Taylor here is an expert at that, and he really helps thought leaders and his whole team Helps um, you know coaches and and um, you know people really having amazing ideas to change the world to become these thought leaders that then people can then watch the YouTube video where their TEDx talk you know is housed and it can really explode their business. So uh, let me tell you a little bit about Taylor before I formally invite him here to join me. So uh, Taylor, uh, he was a firefighter in his twenties, and um, it's interesting because you know. He is, well, one of the quote-unquote older millennials, and um, as many people that are following my show know and who follow me know is I have a a very sweet spot in my heart for millennials and and young people um, from various different ages uh, because I I don't know why, but I really connect uh, with them, and I don't connect as much with maybe some of the other people my same age and uh, he did his first TEDx talk in 2011, and then he started a fundraising company and funded over 500 schools and libraries in 14 different developing countries. Uh, then an impact travel company that built 150 homes for families in Latin America, and that you know all spanned from doing his first TEDx talk. So we're talking major, major impact here. But even if you're thinking, "Gee, I don't know, who am I to?" Peak, you know, but there's so many people I know, healers especially, and wellness people that have an amazing message that really needs to get out, and this is one of the ways, and that's why I've invited Taylor to the show. So thank you, Taylor, for being here.
1: Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, this is exciting. So for those people that have no idea what TEDx is, they know it's a stage. And that's about it. <laughs> Can you share with us, like, first of all, why you got into this in the first place and, and, you know, what is TEDx?
1: Yeah, heck yeah. I'd love to. I mean, first of all, this this all kind of happened. I was just as scared as you were. That was a traumatic incident, it sounds like, in grade four. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Um I could like, I could literally hear in your voice, you were back there again, having the experience, <laughs> I was like, let's pull her out of that. We need to do some, some sort of uh, t- tapping or some sort of therapy for that. But um, first of all, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people feel like that, right? And whatever, I don't know if it's exactly that kind of incident that they've had, but they've had something in the, in, the, in their life that has told them to not speak. And the thing that a lot of times tells people to not speak is this inherent um need to be accepted by our community right it's like we're talking like old caveman programming which which back in the day when we were cavemen and cave women um if we did something that like ruffled feathers and uh, was was weird in the group or whatever and we got kicked out of the group then we're dead right like it's not like you're going to go and meet up with another tribe you're just going to get eaten by a saber-toothed tiger and life's <laughs> over so so you know doing something uh, out out of um, the norm in a community can equal death, and that's still in our DNA, right? So it's normal to be scared of public speaking, and it is also normal, in my, my experience, for public speaking to be the biggest contributor to someone's business, to their movement, to their mission, to their purpose, whatever it is. And, so, and on that, my, you know, how I got into this to answer your question was I, I got nominated to do a TEDx talk back in uh, 2011. Wow. And I was just absolutely terrified of the thought of getting up and standing, standing in front of people and, and speaking. I had never spoken in public before in my life. Um, I'd done everything I could to, to avoid it. And I just knew it was an, oppor- I knew it was an amazing opportunity. And I'm sure people, like most people know what TED and TEDx is, but if you don't, then TED is this incredible thought leadership um, conference that happens every year. It's called the TED stands for Technology, Entertainment, and Design. And it's a phenomenal platform. They have a lot of their speakers have millions, tens and tens and tens of millions of views to their talks. And these talks can only be 18 minutes. They have to be 18 minutes or less. A lot of talks are, are less. Some of them are six minutes. Some of them are 12, but 18 is the cap. And what's cool about these talks is that people are, we are there's a big chunk of our society that's conditioned to watch TEDx talks and TED talks. And because they're short, and we know we're gonna learn something really profound when we watch them. Okay, so when we, we as humans, as you know, we have this like awesome endorphin rush when we learn something. Um, and the reason that we do is because it feels we feel good when we learn something, something and therefore we learn things, become smarter and survive, right, as a species. So it right. taps into this beautiful part of our brain that just wants to learn things. So we learn things and we learn them in a short amount of time, 18 minutes or less, um, and it's done in a, a pretty structured format so that's predictable. We know what we're going to, we know what we're going to get, what we're getting ourselves into when we watch a Ted talk. And that's why a lot of, that's why 19 million people subscribe to the TEDx YouTube channel. Right. Wow. That's why four, 4 million people have watched one of my clients talks and 3 million people have watched another one of my clients talks. And that's because people are conditioned to watch Ted talks and to enjoy them. Right. That's so anyways, that's what they are. Yeah. That's what they're in a nutshell. And so 2011, I get up on stage. I'm, I'm like literally about to piss myself. I'm just terrified. I've got a red blotchy neck and my face is red. And my mouth is dry. It sounds like I was just chewing on like two bags of cotton. Uh, my pits are sweaty, all the things. My hands are clammy, you know, and I got up there and did it anyways. I practiced my butt off for it. And uh, I did this talk on how to raise money to build schools in developing countries. Um, And I'd raised enough money. I'd raised $10,000. I'd raised enough money to build one school um, at the time. I was really proud of it. And then because of that talk, you know, I started getting emails from people being like, I want to raise money to build a school too. I want to build, build, build a library. I want to build a blah, blah, blah. And we just watched it. As this talk grew, as people watched it, we watched 10 schools get funded. Then 30 schools get funded. It's all through, you know, the program that I was talking about in the TED talk. Then 50 schools got funded, then 100, then 200, then 300. You know, 300, like literally today, there are 300 schools around Sierra Leone, Kenya, uh, Ecuador, India, China, Nicaragua, and Haiti because of getting up and conquering this fear. And I'm conquering it, but just, let's say, doing it anyways, this fear of public speaking and speaking about something that I thought was just really meaningful to me, right? Wow. so... That it blew my mind, and then we started funding, you know, libraries and water projects and girls scholarships, anti-sex trafficking work in Cambodia, libraries in Vietnam, and it was just incredible. We started funding all these projects all over the world, and 90 to 95 percent of those projects got funded by people who watched the TEDx talk, and decided that they want they connected with it and then they wanted to take action. And so that, oh. Dr. Karen, like if you if, if if that's not the epitome of the like 80-20 rule. Right, I like the most efficient way to start <laughs> yeah. a movement. In my, it's, in my mind, it's like not even 80-20, it's like, it's, it's like 99-1. It's like the 1% of your activities, in my experience, that lead to 99% of the results. That was my experience. They led to, you know, I spoke at Harvard and Princeton, Cornell, NYU, United Nations, terrified every single one of them, and every single one of them came from the TEDx talk, right? Someone watched the TEDx talk, you know, why don't you come and speak at this conference? spoke at Lululemon and Pfizer and Disney and KPMG, Morgan Stanley, all of them come from the TEDx talk, you know, and so it was nuts. And I'll, I'll wrap here and just say, like, that's why I got obsessed with it. And so I started, I started, I taught one guy how to get a TEDx talk, I taught him how to name it, how to spread it so that it would go viral. It did, he got 4 million views to it. He got a book agent calling him saying, Hey, you need to write a book, signed a six, six figure book deal at the age of 21 with the world's largest publisher. He's spoken now hundreds of times all over the world, had never been paid to speak before his TEDx talk. And now he's been getting paid to speak for five years, you know, and now we've helped, it kind of, you know, exploded and we've, we've helped about 200 people land TEDx talks. And the whole goal with it is like help these people that have this phenomenal message inside them that could genuinely shift humanity. Right. And I, I guarantee a ton of your listeners resonate with the fact that they are messengers right like they they have something inside them they're supposed to share that's what you you do too right when we talk like you're freeing sensitive people you're freeing them from the bondage that they put on themselves because they think they're different right you're freeing them in all these respects imagine if four million people four million sensitive souls watch your tedx talk that is giving them permission to be the person that they actually are and the healer that they're supposed to become you know what I mean? Rather than being like, ah, oh, and feeling anxiety and feeling depression and feeling like they don't fit in. Imagine 4 million people fitting in, feeling like they're not alone, feeling like they can live like a much more happy, free life because they watched you get up and talk for 18 minutes on, on a red dot on the stage.
0: <laughs> on a red dot, yeah. What's with the red dot? Is that to keep you there so the camera
1: <laughs> doesn't move totally. or something? You don't be don't let it contain you, Doctor Karen. You do what you want to do. But yes, yeah, so it's just like a trademark thing for for TED. Is they put a red dot on the stage, like a big one, and you stand in it.
0: Ah, oh, okay, okay. Uh, wow, this is exciting. Now, how long has uh, you know your your business been around for, to help you know help people become thought leaders?
1: Yeah, we I started doing it for fun, like on the side, back in 2013, uh-huh. six years ago. That's when. We landed that guy, Kevin, his first talk. His name's Kevin Breel. If you want to see it, it's a phenomenal talk. It's Kevin Breel, B-R-E-E-L. And you just go to TED.com, type in Kevin Breel. You'll see it there. Four million views on TED.com. Amazing. Did an amazing job. And you, you can check out his website and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, his talk is called Confessions of a Depressed Comic, by the way. Which is really cool. So mm. that was six years ago. And then I started literally teaching people, like, in my house. I'd, I'd have some friends over and be like, Here's how you get a TED talk. And then one time, a whole bunch of people wanted to know. So I, a friend of mine loaned me their office space, and I had 30 people cram in, and we all just sat wow. in a circle. And I, for three hours, I just said, here's, you know, I went through the whole thing. Like, here's how to land it. Here's how to fill out your applications. Here's how to title your talk. Here's how to get clear on your idea. And once you've done that, here's how to deliver it. Here's how to uh, uh, name it so it will go viral. Here's who to share it with. Here's how to share it with them. That kind of stuff. I would just do these downloads with people because I just for me it just makes sense the whole thing is just somewhat intuitive and uh, so I like it I like sharing it that moved into like an online course then that moved into blah 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 fast forward to today where it's like a one-stop shop if you want to get a TEDx talk I hired five TEDx organizers to like help my clients help position them in the way that they'll get picked I've got a team of writers that come up with all the answers to the TEDx application questions. We've got lists of, like, here's all the different TEDx events that are happening over the next year. Here's how to apply. Here's how to align with the theme. You know, that kind of thing. We want to we want to be this place where people can come, and, and they as long as they put in the work on their side, then they're going to get a talk. We, you know, we've wow. never had a client that put in the work that didn't get a talk.
0: Well, so if they actually do, you know, the, the system, it works. Like, they land the talk.
1: Oh, yeah. Basically, just show up, follow the steps, you're going to talk. And it's not just that. It's like, and here's how to spread it afterwards, right? Here's how to reach. Because ah. you do a talk, like, the, the amount of work you're going to do, Dr. Karen, into you doing your TEDx talk is like bananas. First of all, it's going to make all your stuff come up. It's going to make your, your grade four wound come up, and you're going to have to conquer that. It's a personal growth <laughs> exercise, right? It is. And it's going to come up. You're going to have to deal with it. And then, uh, and then you're going to have to, con- you know, get your message so concise that it fits into a 15-minute, 18-minute talk. Um, yeah, that's and you put a lot of work point. into that. And it'd be like, imagine if you do all that and then like 250 people watch it and most of them are family. You know, like we, we equip our clients very, very clearly on how to land Forbes, how to land Entrepreneur, all that kind of stuff, um, so that the talk actually reaches the people that it's meant to reach. Okay, you mean the magazines and stuff? Yeah, I mean, I was thinking more online, like Forbes.com, Entrepreneur.com, oh, okay, okay. FastCo, Yoga Journal, whatever it is. People think that reaching these people is hard. It's it's really not. It's a simple matter of, like, you know, we I could go on Google right now and go, okay, where we want to land? Um, Dr. Karen for some press. I'm going to type in Forbes. I'm doing this right now. Forbes <laughs> M-Path. Um, and then what do we got here, Forbes, empathy is an essential leadership skill. Uh, the importance of empathy in leadership. How important is empathy in, in, in management? Empathy is crucial to any personal and professional relationship. Nine things emotional, intelligent people um, do differently. So these are all Forbes articles that have our ecstasy and empathy. These are all Forbes articles that already exist. They've already been written and they've been written by people that write on empathy. So like one of our one of our strategies is okay, cool, make a spreadsheet, 100 articles on Forbes. Look up the writers, which are incredibly accessible and easy to to, to get their information. You reach out to them. Hey, my name's Dr. Karen. I just did this TEDx talk on empathy, and I thought you'd like it because you did this this relationship or you did that uh, Forbes article called "Empathy is crucial to any personal or professional relationship." If you're ever doing a follow-up article on it, I'd love to be part of it. You know, I'm just, I just totally ram- rambled, rambled off a PR strategy in about five seconds. I hope it made sense, but. Just yeah, to absolutely. make the point that all of these people, these people that want, they're looking for content. They're looking for whatever you're talking about, whether it's a diet or some sort of holistic health thing or mental health. There have been hundreds, if not thousands of articles written about it. And those, those writers want to write more about it. And what do they like to write about? They would like, to well, people that are experts in the field, people that are experts in the field are people that do TEDx talks. And so those are the people right. that I get the press.
0: Yeah, that makes sense, because it's like, you could be the best thing, you know, since sliced bread, but mm-hmm. if you have no platform, if you don't have, you know, some sort of proof, I suppose, social proof, you know, then,
1: eh, yep.
0: yeah, you're...
1: Yeah, exactly, yeah, well, what are you going to do if you're a writer, if someone p- hits you up and they're like, hey, my name's Johnny, um, can you do an article I'm about awesome. me? <laughs> I'm really awesome, believe me, believe me, believe me, believe me, believe me, I'm awesome, like, look at my LinkedIn yeah. page. You know? yeah,
0: just try my stuff. No. <laughs> You'll literally like it.
1: <laughs> exactly. And, you know. Yeah, that's the stuff. one of these. Exactly. I think something when you and I first talked, I think I remember this resonating with both of us. Is like this is this is deeper than some talk, right? Like the people that are that listen to your radio show, like I said, they're they probably identify as messengers. You know, something that that they they've got something that they want to share with the world. A TEDx talk is simply a vehicle for doing that you know, another vehicle is a book, another vehicle is an interview in Forbes, another vehicle is a podcast, another vehicle is doing a radio show like this, right? Like, what we're doing right now, I identify as being a messenger, right? And so when when we talked and he said, hey, do you want to come on the radio show? That's a clear yes for me, because this is an opportunity for me to spread my message. My message just happens to be about other people spreading their messages, right? (laughs) We're kind of going like the inception, the different layers of this, but... The, I love I'm, that movie. Right, the messenger of messages. So I'm here at this moment on this show in whoever's listening ears to tell you that you are meant to share something. And when you're meant to share something, why share it at a whole bunch of conferences where the where the talk ends in the room because it wasn't filmed or anything like that? Why share it on some small stages? Unless you want to continue to play small, why not share it on one, what I look at as being the world's most credible stage, the world's most efficient stage Mm. and actually get the message out to the people that are supposed to hear it because chances are a lot of the messages that people want to share, they could genuinely, like literally save human beings' lives. Yeah. Right?
0: Like
1: empaths aren't like put on this earth to like start another uh, hat company. You know what I mean? (laughs) Unless there's some like juicy, juicy meaning behind it and, and, and creative, creative, energy and stuff like that. Like people are here to, to start things that are going to shift people's lives. Right. Mm. And to brighten people's days. And so anyone who's listening to this, especially this long into the radio show is resonating with the fact that they have something inside them. They might be scared of it. They might be scared to get on stage, just like you were in grade grade four, like I was or like I still get like, I'm, I look myself in the mirror before every talk. And I'm, I'll be like really nervous. I'm like, Taylor, you are enough. You are enough. Aww. You are enough, you know? We, right. go to, we, all, go, yeah. we all have those core it's, it's. We just can't let them hold us back from doing what we're actually supposed to do. Mm,
0: that's beautiful. Oh, well, the other thing, too, is uh, I think some people, you know, they envision this TEDx talk like they have to speak in front of thousands of people, and that's not really true, right? Like some of these stages are really tiny.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I've never done that. My TEDx talk has been in front of like 80 people. You know, I think it was 80 humans in the first one, I think, the second one. Well, I did it, I've done four TEDx talks now. One of them was in front of, like, 40 people at a university. The biggest one I ever did was maybe 250, 300 people. But it's, it's kind of like, you know, Dr. Karen, when you say, hey, you know, it's okay. It's only going to be in front of 80 people. Or it's not going to be in front of that many people. It's kind of like saying someone who's, like, who really wants a really meaningful tattoo, but that person doesn't do it because they're like, but it's going to hurt. You're like, it's going to hurt for a freaking hour. You're going to have it for the rest of your freaking life. Are you kidding? Like, what? You really want this tattoo, but you're going to, you're going to hold it back because it's going to – because you're going to have an hour of, like, ouch, that hurts a little bit. Like, whoa, whoa, what who, – Who? how many lives does that person live? They must be living 10 lives if they've got that much time to, like – you know what I mean? they be that, that sensitive.
2: You know, like, right. this
1: is something, like – if you have a message inside you, who gives a rat's but if there's 80 people in the room or 800 people in the room, that thing is inside. you want to die with that thing inside you? Do you know what I mean? Not to get, like, extreme here, but do you want to die knowing that you didn't share the thing that you were supposed to share? Woo. How painful is that compared to, like, standing up and breaking through a fear? That's freaking painful. Look your family in the eye and be like, hey, kind of blew it in this one area. Sorry about that. If you could just share that in your lifetime, that'd be great because I didn't do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's super painful. Oh, my God. No,
1: thank you. No, thanks.
0: Well, I just <laughs> saw me the other day about how, um, you know, that our, uh, well, I'll, I'll use the word mission, but our, our love and passion for our mission has to be bigger than our fear around, yeah. you know, creating it or doing it or whatever. And I think that's what, keeps me going all the time because I'm used to fear as a buddy. <laughs> now, yeah. uh before it was like I wouldn't do anything that I was not already good at and that's just what my ex-husband told me. He's when I started figure skating, he said uh I said I'm going to quit. He goes, "You're going to quit?" It's just been 2 weeks. I said I suck and I <laughs> He says, well, you do suck, but, but it's only been two weeks, and you're, and you're yeah. you know, he says, you're Canadian. How could you not skate? But anyway, but then he said, look, you True. think you have to be good at everything because you're a doctor. And when he said that, I said, Ouch. Yeah.
1: Right. Zing. And yeah. I said, okay. And he did, like and hit that truth button.
0: He did, and I thought, you know, what? I mean, that's one of the best things he ever did for me to say that. And and I said, okay, I'm gonna stick it out for the seven weeks that, that I paid this money for. And then I found the right coach, and you know, we had this beautiful, yeah, you know, did. relationship, and yeah, and then now I've like multiple different gold medals, and and it was amazing. But the thing is that fear Whoa. was there. Yeah. Um, and just overcoming that fear uh, was was amazing. So I think, like, I think uh-huh. it's great that people hear you, who've been on the TEDx stage multiple times, still feel afraid or nervous.
1: Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Yeah, like, like We have this weird thought that the, at some point the fear is going to go away. I think it's in reality. It's like we've learned to either live with it and do it anyways, or we've learned to channel it. You know, you've heard this. Uh, I'm sure repeating stuff you already heard before, and maybe you listened to some before too. But it, what are the? How does you know you ask someone? How do you feel when you're really scared? Like what does it feel like in your body? And they go, well, my heart starts racing, and my my hands get sway and um, and there's like this this really like this tightness in my chest, and you know whatever however they feel, and then you go, okay, cool. Um, how do you feel when you're really excited? And you go, oh well. You know, my hands get sweaty and there's this tightness in my chest and my heart starts racing. You're like, okay. So it's the, you're saying it's the exact same thing. And it is. And it's our, it's our mind kind of going like excitement happens a lot of times when something's new and novel and we haven't done it before, right? We're like, ooh, I'm going, you know, skydiving is both simultaneously scary and exciting. Or you could just say it's this, it's the feeling of doing something new, right? It's your, it's stepping outside your comfort zone. So, yeah. you get, if you're gonna, you're just gonna be scared. That's just not gonna go away. And then sometimes the best thing you can do is get on stage. Like I've been, Dr. Karen, I've spoken in front of over, well over a hundred thousand people live. I've spoken in front of stadiums of, like, of like ten thousand people at a time. You know, and wow. I get in front of a group of fifty people and I just freaking have a meltdown. You know, the last time I did was in in Calgary and I went up there and I went, you guys, and it was a full of room full of women entrepreneurs. I told him, I was like, you guys, I'm so freaking nervous right now. I'm the only guy in the room. Um, I told him, I was like, this is bringing up a lot for me. And uh, I'm going to do it anyways. <laughs> you know? And
0: yeah, but you that just is as is the situation.
1: humanizing. You what?
0: You just as, well, we call it as ising.
1: What's that? You know, as, oh, so, you're so telling so how it just, as it is?
0: Yeah, exactly. You're just telling it how it is, you know, that you feel this way or that way. And you're just putting it out there you know, uh, being completely vulnerable and transparent.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yep. This is what's up for me. And, and then people, people love it, right? Like I think where what, what, it's kind of like any emotion, not to get too divergent from our topic here, but it's like any emotion that we, emotion that we try to shove deep inside, it's going to come up at some point and it makes it really awkward. Like let's say you're with your partner and you're feeling really triggered because they, I don't know, left the toilet seat up or, uh, talks to someone of the opposite sex and you're threatened or whatever it is. If we if we don't as is it, if we just go, oh, not her, that's annoying. Then it's just going to build up his resentment, and we're going to it's going to come out later, right? Or right. If we're at the moment we go, imagine if, it, if at the moment we go, hey, babe, I'm really triggered right now because I think I saw you checking out that dude or that woman or whatever that whatever it is, and I'm just feeling like kind of alone over here right now. Just wanna let you know that. And then your partner yeah. has the opportunity to be like, Oh my God, that that's actually my cousin Sally and I was waving at her because I haven't seen her since the family reunion, you know, or whatever <laughs> or whatever it is. Or they or they could say, you know what, you're right, I was and I'm you know, I'm a human being and uh thank you for letting me know that you feel like that and I'm gonna make sure that I'm more respectful of it. You know, who knows, right? But it's like that right. feeling with, with speaking that feeling of speaking is if we get on stage and we're just like, oh, I'm just going to like tough it through this feeling, then, then you get started getting it. You're, you're not being authentic with your feeling. Then you, have, then you start being less authentic with your message. Then it doesn't land because you're being inauthentic and people can smell that a mile away. And then you're not doing what you're up there to do in the first place.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it, it takes uh, practice, of course, and, and skill, but just, yeah. just doing it. Just doing
1: it. Exactly. Um, you're right. This is where you start. Important. Just do it. I, well,
0: I'm just wondering whether I'm going to cry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> On stage? At, yeah.
0: I've done oh, that. Oh, you're a you're <laughs> crier? You're definitely going to cry. Uh, okay. You're a crier. You're
1: definitely going to cry. <laughs> you're big baby.
0: Well, because sometimes <laughs> I get so passionate about my message and, you know, tapping into the sense of souls and what they feel like, you know, yeah. or and what they struggle through. Yeah. And then I feel it in my body and, you know. Yeah. Oh, boy. You it. should
1: cry. I mean, that's that's the good stuff. That's when really, really I had had a woman come up to me after a talk one time, and she said, "You know, I didn't really know about your this this whole talk. I didn't really know what to think about it until you you know teared up, and I saw that it was everything you were saying was just totally true, you know, really true for you, and you were really feeling it." And I was like, "Thank you," and that that person happened to be the the head of sponsorships for Wanderlust, and she was like, "You need to come and." you know, speak at more Wanderlust because we need to make a partnership all that kind of stuff. So but then, well, you know if you fantastic. never know if you never know who you're speaking for. And uh Right. So when you can be fully authentic like that and the right person sees it, <laughs> stuff could happen. I love it.
0: Oh that's great. Well, here's the thing. I you know, and I know you know this already, but the the folks listening in will will not know this is that um, you know, so we're we're talking in the Welsh Leadership Academy about the importance of TEDx talks and you know what the content, you know, of the talk is amazing training and uh but they were like, well, you know, this is how you would apply and You know, so I started, I thought, well, what the heck, let me just see what's close by, right? So I call up, you know, I I see on this website, and for me, being, you know, very visual, I was looking at this website going, oh, my gosh, it's so confusing, you know? And I was like, there's no no good search button here. You know, I was just trying to figure out how to navigate the site, and then finally I found someplace near me and uh, Jen, my coach, was like, no, they don't make it easy. Sorry, you know. Um, and so I'm, yeah. I'm on this website, and I say, oh, Vermont. Okay, yeah, that's close. Let me see what their topic is. Oh, they don't have a topic. Okay, so let me go to the – click the link. Okay, went to the link. Okay, it's a library. Okay, so now how do what do I do to contact the li- – okay, let me see. Contact yeah. me. Okay, here's the contact person. So then I email this person and say, hey, you have a – You know, you have a TEDx Talk scheduled for July 8th. Would really love to know what the topic is. (laughs) So, like, a week later, somebody emails me back and says, "Um, no, we don't. I said, yes, you do. No, we don't. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, but it's right on this website. The TEDx, they said, it is? Well, show me the link, right? So, uh, like, I'm like, and I said to my, my coach, Jen, I said, I'm not doing this. So I I'm not. I'm, I'm resisting, I'm not doing this, I don't have time for this crap, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. not easy, I'm too busy. And she goes, I get it, I get it, I totally understand your resistance, and that is okay. And then I had other friends yeah. who who uh, applied and are rocking, like they're just amazing people. But again, we, we weren't really sure exactly like how to pass the test, like what to say on the, you know, on, on the application form, and then getting a no is hard. You know, getting and no, even yeah. if you just applied to one, it's still hard to get a no. So tell us about like what your process is, how that how that would help people like us.
1: Totally, yeah, I, I totally empathize with that because it can be so frustrating. And like, I, I have this thing, I need to get this message out, and it's so hard to do it. You know, and that's, right. the the reason that it's so difficult is because first of all, TEDx events are they're they're organized by volunteers. Okay, so they're organized by people that are just kind of putting time in but from the goodness of their own heart and they're amazing, amazing human beings, these TEDx organizers. Like are so philanthropic um, with their time and energy and their passion is putting on these events that they feel could, you know, really get amazing ideas out of the world. So that being said, you know, when you're applying, every different every TEDx event is different. Every TEDx application is different, the nomination process is different, they're all different. And so when you're finding those links, and a lot of times the TEDx organizers will switch from year to year. Sometimes they stay on, and they organize events for 10 years, and they do incredible jobs. And sometimes it's a brand-new organizer, right? And they might be taking over an event from someone else. So it's a bit of a fragmented process. Like if you're going in and trying to apply, yeah, you're trying to first of all find the link to the web page and make sure the web page is actually active. Do they have an application page? Is that actually active? Do they have a theme? Can you find out the theme? Am I, am I supposed to go on Facebook and look it up there? Do I just need to go down a Google rabbit hole? It, that's why we started the company, mm. right? We saw this huge need that people – because the thing is, a lot of times the people that have the best ideas are the busiest people, right? Like they, they, they have the idea they're getting it out into the world in a whole bunch of different ways. They don't have time to sit down and do what we estimate is between 200 and 300 hours of work to go out and –
0: Yes, exactly to, what I was All together
1: thinking. to go out and land a talk. 200 to 300 hours of work, This is and this isn't just like – a wet finger in the air being like, hmm, I think it's about this. Like, we've calculated over and over and over again from these clients, like, that's how long it takes to position their ideas correctly, to come up with the right title, to reach out to the right TEDx events, to get the replies, to do the interviews, to do all of the stuff, right? And so we're like, if we could bridge that gap, you know, if we could bridge that gap and help people to, like, we we have a team that goes out and gathers all the different applications, finds all the different teams for the events, finds all the, the links that are working, the ones that aren't working. We eliminate the ones that aren't working, so it's just like a potent version. Here's what is available. Here's what you can land. Here's when you can land it, and here's exactly how to land it. Right? Because like everyone's got their role in the world. One of one of mine is one of my kind of zones of genius is like systemizing processes, just seeing seeing all the different gaps, bridging those gaps, and just making it really smooth and easy for someone you know, accomplish a lot of times for this, this is a dream for people. So for them to accomplish their dream. So that's how, that's a, a short version of how we do it. The longer just includes, you know, that we've hired a bunch of TEDx organizers who are super passionate about getting people's messages out, positioning people in the right way, coming up with their own like kind of personal brand and then going out and applying in the right way.
0: Wow. That's amazing. Um, now, one thought was uh, that I had was that um it would be great if someone who is planning the whole you know going the TEDx stage to have something like a a book you know that people can access them with a very very low cost so they can start knowing you, trusting you liking you before you know something else that they might see on your website that they want to you know that might be thousands of dollars or whatever if they want to follow you or learn mm-hmm. from you so what are your thoughts about that like you know doing a book first then doing the tedx talk or vice versa
1: Hmm. yeah i mean first of all i would ask the person like, I really tap in and go what what feels the most aligned for them right like what feels like the right thing to do in my mind it's that it's the tedx talk is part of your funnel in essence right it's like it's it's how people hear about you in the first place and how they start to engage with you and so if you were to think of, like, if, if, let's say that you're like your question of book or a TEDx talk, and think about what is the investment for someone to, to basically, you know, get your book and, and read it. And if you really think about it from all angles, the investment is whatever, $22 or $14, right. or whatever you're charging for the book. So it's, it's minimal. Um, but the investment is then they have to spend, depending on how fast of a the reader they are, they have to spend half a day or a day or a week. Or most people take them a while to read a book. Read a book if they read the whole thing, so a couple weeks to read that book. So it's a, it's a minimal, but yet still there um, financial investment. And we all and we, we talk about seven bucks, and, and people think, oh, seven bucks, that's not very much. I think we've all had that moment where we've been looking at an app in the app store that costs ninety nine cents, and we're we really thinking, like, do I really need this? I don't think I need this. I'm not going to get it. It's ninety nine cents. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, who hasn't had that? I had that last night, and I was like, I just can't imagine spending this money right now.
0: <laughs>
1: you know, it's just part of it. But, what, what, so, so anyways, getting someone to part with money, even if it's a dollar, is can be a thing. So, it's a minimal financial investment, but the time investment is incredible, right? You gotta, you're asking someone to invest hours and hours of their life into reading this book. Most people don't read to to the end of books, right? And if vice versa, if you're and then try, would, wanted to get someone to watch a TED talk, financial investment completely free. Uh, time investment 15 minutes. And when they go to look, when they are thinking about reading your book, they're also worried that your book's going to suck. They don't know, right? They don't have any trust in you, especially if you're a first time author and they haven't read anything of yours before. So the the likelihood of them investing in your book they straight off the hop and paying the money, paying the time, doing all the stuff is way, way, way lower than them going on YouTube watching a TEDx talk they are conditioned to watch. And then so that way, as you can imagine, an exponentially higher amount of people will watch your TEDx talk, than will buy your book. But here's the cool thing is that once they watch your TEDx talk, this 15-minute talk, they know you, like you, trust you, feel you, they've experienced you, they've like seen your emotions and all that kind of stuff on stage. That's when they buy your book. That's why right. Kevin got a book deal after his TEDx talk because the book agent was like, whoa, there's 4 million people, you know, or I think it was probably a million or 2 million by the time when he got the book deal. But said, there's a couple million people that have that have said, by giving a view, they have they have said that they like your stuff and that they that they're interested in it, right? But someone watching a TEDx talk from start to finish is them saying without verbal that they that they're interested, right? And so the book agent is like, you need to write a book because people are going to want to know more. That's why Simon Sinek's book didn't come out until after his TEDx talk went viral. That's why Amy Cuddy didn't have a book until her TEDx talk went viral or her TED talk went viral. That's why Kevin didn't have a book until his TED talk went viral. You know what I mean? That that is like the proof, the indicator that people want to hear what you're saying. And once they've listened to it, then they're like, okay, I invested 15 minutes into this person and I loved it. Now I'm ready to invest $14 and a few days. You know, so it's like, that's where it shows up in the funnel. In my mind, is like TEDx talk first. And by the way, you do not need to have everything. And a lot of people are like, well, I got my book and my, my, my website and my speaker page and all this stuff done first. People, it's this weird myth that as soon as you launch one tiny thing onto the Internet, that everything's going to explode and people are going to be like banging down your door, throwing $10,000 checks at you to come and speak at their event. It's just not how it happens right? If anyone's launched anything, then, they've been, then they know how disappointing a quote-unquote launch can be, right? So, so I, what I suggest for people is like, like cut through the fears, cut through the BS, you know, all the other stuff. Just get out and do it. Like you said, Dr. Karen, just get out and do it. See how people react. And if people love it and people want more of it, amazing. Then hustle, get a speaker page together. That can be done in a night. You know, then get your, your website done. That can be done in a week or less you know, then, then bang out a book if the, if the demand is there. And it's also, it's also market research, right? It's also like you're going to want to – I did my first TEDx talk, and I found that there were only three spots in that TEDx talk that every single person that said, hey, I like your TEDx talk, they only talked about one of three things in the TEDx talk, right? Like this little story I told about this, this young kid named Dylan, um, some motivators of giving that I talked about a of bit. Actually, those are like the main two things, two things. So they would repeat, those are the only two things they would talk about. So I knew after that, I was like, oh, those are the two things people are interested in. So I told that, I tell that story about Dylan, the young man, in every talk now, because I know people love it from the market research Mm -hmm. of that TEDx talk. And the motivators of giving, I know that that's what people want to know more of, so I know more about, so I can release tons more content about it. I can write a book about it. You know, it's also like feeling, what does your audience even want, rather than writing 300 pages, hoping – that people are going to want or, or re- want to read what you've written down and in reality i mean i don't know if you know the stats but if you look on amazon people that self-published books 99 percent of self-published books don't sell more than 250 copies right and that's a symptom mm-hmm. of people going out there writing a bunch of stuff that they want to write thinking people are going to like it having done no market research and then just like slapping something into the internet where in reality it would have been exponentially better if they did some market research by, like, putting something out into the public, see what people like, and then write about that.
0: I see. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, uh, that that market research bit. Because, you know, the perception can be, I know it is for, or it was for me, is that if you do this TEDx talk and now you're kind of out there, and then if people search you and they can't find you or you don't have anything to give them, then you lose that potential person. Right? Yeah, so exactly. Don't want to not have anything this is
1: there for them. The most backward thing in the world. I'm going to lose <laughs> this person. First of all, you never have. Like what? I'm going to lose this person. You, if you do a TEDx talk, it, by the way, it's not like it's like it comes out. And if it doesn't hit five million views on Monday, then you're screwed, and it's never going to hit. It's an evergreen piece of content. You know, forty thousand people still watch Kevin's talk every single month. Forty thousand humans. Right, so it's like the people. It's like driving, trying to drive from LA to New York, but not leaving until every single light is green, and you know exactly what's going to happen the whole way. Like, yeah, who freaking knows what's going to happen? And like in the dark, you know, and thinking that you got to see the whole direction the whole way. This is life. It doesn't work like that. It Doesn't work like having every single what do they call duck in a row, kind of thing, and all your poop in a group. It means I like, put stuff out and put this out. See how people react. Put more stuff out. If people react, well, amazing, you know, spread that thing like crazy. If the biggest worry that you have is that, that your door is going to get blown down by people all wanting your stuff, you're just not going to have enough stuff to give them, that is, first of all, the craziest worry ever. I've never seen it happen. I have a, I mean, I'm talking to this client of mine, Cynthia, on uh, Thursday, who talks just about to, to go over 3 million views. it has been out for like three months. She did not expect it at all that that was going to happen. So what did she do? She said, Taylor, hey, we need to put a speaker site together. Okay, that's easy. Okay, well, now we need to put together a bio. Okay, that's easy. Boom, 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 in place, right? Like it, it, mm. it's, all that stuff is con- so basic. The first thing is like finding out what do people actually want to watch, you know, like get something out there, go through all the fears, then 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 play catch up. I'd way rather someone play catch up than trying to put everything in place. It's the people that try to put everything in place. Their talk finally comes out, and it literally goes nowhere. You know, like, I've literally seen it a hundred times. Mm,
0: okay, so your company will help people hone, like, the, you know, the well, I know that um, there are not all things uh, that people want to listen to. So does your company actually help people figure that out? Like, what people would Here's, be more likely to listen to, or that TEDx organizers would
1: oh, yeah, and that's what we do, right? Like, we title the talks. We come up with, like, here's what's trending out there. This is what's really active in the marketplace. This is what – and it's it's really all about what is the most true for the person, right? Like, a TEDx talk is not, like, just to go out there and get a few clients and then you're done. The TEDx talk is going to live for five, ten years, right? So if you talk about something that you just think everyone's going to like, then five years from now, ten years from now, if people are, let's say they're contacting you down the road about this thing that you just talked about because you thought people would like it, chances are not, you're not going to really want to even deal with it anymore. You want to do your TEDx talk on something that you love. You want to do your TEDx talk on something that you're just obsessed with, that you could talk about for hours, that, that for 10 years you still want to be talking about. You know what I mean? Right. It's not, it's, it's, it's not about going out there and get, it's not about the 3 million views. It's about going out there and, and doing the talk that you're meant to do. And then doing the things that that will get get the views to that talk. Right? I see it a lot of times. People like, well, what do people ask the question like, what do people want most? what is, what is, what would get the most views? What would get the most traction? What would result in me getting the most clients? They're all the wrong questions. They're all the wrong questions. The right questions are, what is the message that you're meant to share? What do you feel like you're genuinely here in the world to put to put out there? You know, what is what is the message that you're on this earth to share? Because that's the message your TEDx talk should be about. All the, te- the tactics and strategies and stuff like that can come in later. Mm-hmm. But it's like... It's got that core, that essence, that... I,
0: essence, that div- I, I call yeah. it the divine path uh, alignment.
1: So yeah.
0: things that are in alignment with your divine path, the universe basically bends over backwards to help you and make it happen for you. But if it's not aligned with your good. divine path and what you're really here to do, then eh, not so easy
1: necessarily. Exactly. And I've done
0: a lot of exactly. not so easy in the past.
1: <laughs> yeah, and we all have, right? Well, totally. We've all done all that stuff. And a lot. And it, I know we've talked about a lot of this, this, uh, this radio interview and I can be pretty opinionated on this stuff, but uh, it's the, the reason for it is because we're, again, I don't have 10 lives to live this, this one. You know what I mean? I've got, I've got this one and I want to make the most of it. And the most of it to me means, living authentically with what I, how I'm supposed how I genuinely feel I'm supposed to live. Right. And sharing what I'm supposed to share. Like if you get to the end of your life and you shared this message that you just got a whole bunch of views, cause you shared it cause it was the thing that was going to get the whole bunch of views on your tombstone. You're like the dude who's like got a whole bunch of views. That's <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I went on, on my tomb, tombstone, this person lived in alignment with who they were. They knew who they were. They they explored who they were. They dove deep into who they were. They shared who they were. They impacted people's lives, whether it be ten lives or ten million. They impacted people's lives on a deep, genuine level, rather than this dude is the top YouTuber, you know.
0: Yep, that's so true. Well. Well, Taylor, we have a special guest here that uh, I want to share with you. She's my very good friend, Gwen Leppard. She's the Radiant Relationship Luminary, and uh, she is, uh, she actually was in professional radio before, and she has that wonderful, beautiful, silky radio voice. I'm going to unmute her here <laughs> so she can say hi, and I think she might have some, <laughs> some questions to add to, uh, add to this lively discussion. Hey, Gwen. Oh, what, cool. a,
2: what an incredible discussion. Hello, Taylor. <laughs> Hello, Hello Gwen. Dr. Karen. it's nice to meet both of you well nice to meet you yes wonderful to talk with you again dr karen i you've been asking the greatest questions dr karen and and as i'm i'm as i'm listening and i'm and i'm going okay so they kind of covered that and they kind of covered that and we kind of just covered that (laughs) okay what question do i have now so you talked about The first question that i had was would you be willing to share because i i at the same time that dr karen was looking at tedx's i was as well um a friend actually sent me a link it went direct to the apply for for the it was like everything was like smooth sailing it was like cool oh my gosh their their topic was like it's a no-brainer i'll fit right in i wasn't specific enough for them i made it through the second round it was super super exciting very empowering but then i wasn't specific enough to what the show that they wanted to put on, which was a, a really you know, great thing to know that they're putting on a show. It's not just they just want speakers. They want a show. And I actually had friends that actually ended up being, that were musicians that were part of the show that I found out later. I was like, oh, cool. Um, cool, I wish I would have been there. So is there a? can you share a little bit of your process on helping people get the clarity um, that 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 can answer the question. You know and, and like you said, they're all different and they're all run by volunteers and they're all looking for something different. Is there as something specific to your process that helps people get that clarity?
1: Yeah, the thanks for asking that by the way. It's a pleasure to meet you. And I'm I'm happy for you for getting to round two. That's pretty sweet. And yeah. and the big realization that you had about, you know, that it's a show. And that's I think it's just such a uh, important point is that you know, people aren't putting on these events to just put on another event. Like you said, they're passionate about giving people an experience, right? When they have those 10 speakers and those two musicians or whatever it is that they have in their lineup, they want to, they want to be looking out. They, that organizer wants to be looking out over the crowd and seeing people's eyes like light up, seeing people cry, seeing people be moved, seeing people be set up to live a very different life than they were, they were living before they walked in that room. Right, I'm not even exaggerating. That they want to impact people's lives, and so yeah. that's as us as potential speakers, we need to fit into that vision. We need to be like add to that vision. So, pretty, the easiest way to do that is to reach out to them, like, hey, what's your vision for this event? You know, what are, what are you wanting to create here? Like, why did you come up with the theme um, oceanography? You know, that kind of thing. And you can probably look up a bunch of the stuff about them. If you look up who the TEDx organizer is, you can look up, you know, why they do what they do and what they do for a living and what they're passionate about. That all that stuff, you know, we have the internet, all that stuff, very available. And to align with that, mid, to align with that theme is super important, um, which is pretty part of our process. of so like, here's the theme of the event. Like, I remember one of our clients, Eric, walked into an audition, and because of our process, he was the only person of all the potential speakers that knew what the theme was. Right? Wow. Like, here's how you reach out. Here's how to the theme. So he walks in there. And he aligns completely with the theme of the conference. He was the only speaker chosen right away. Like they immediately called him that night, Eric, you're in, you're one of our speakers, um, you know, thank you so much. And now we're going to go out and start picking the other ones, right? Because he was, God, uh, he was ready. And, were, <laughs> and the, here's a, like a little, like a little hack for, for people or a little like trick or strategy that they can use to make sure that their application stands out um, amongst the, you know, 70 or 700 or however many applications that that event is getting is how your, do your idea has to be so clear and so concise that it pops off the page it cannot be how to overcome adversity you know or living with mental health you know both valid speeches in other arenas they're not TED talks right and the way right. you to figure out is yours specific to the masses what I love to do is look up top most viewed TED talks of all time top 100 viewed TED Talks of all time, and you'll see in the titles of those talks, they create intrigue. And they're, re- they're pretty specific on what those talks are about. Like, one of the most watched TED Talks um, of all time is called 10 Things You Didn't Know About Orgasm. Right? <laughs> that's, that's pretty specific. And it's Very incredibly specific. intriguing, 10 Things You Didn't Know About Orgasm. And so I mean, it has 10s of millions of views, right. And so and it's something you can do if when you're thinking about titling your talk or getting clear on your idea, is you can look at those titles, and use those uh, as your own right like this talk out there by a guy named dan Pilata, which i really love it's called the way we think about charity is dead wrong the way we think about charity is dead wrong and it's like whoa that's a powerful statement and so what we did with eric the guy who landed his talk right away is we named his talk the way you're preparing for college is dead wrong so we took a talk that we took a talk that was already getting millions of views. Therefore, it's proven in the marketplace to be something that people want to watch. They're intrigued by that title, and we just took out Dan's subject matter, charity. Think about charity, uh, and inserted Eric's subject matter, preparing for college. Does a college prep company, right? Template. Exactly. People are like, I need a template for my title. It's like you're a Google search away from you know, top most watched TED talks. So yeah, i sum up here, Gwen. but that that's how to do it is like your idea really, really clear. That's what we do, right? You know, our TEDx organizers, that's what we do is do ideation sessions where we get really clear on what a person's idea is. And then knowing what the theme is, which our team gathers from the interwebs for, for our clients, and then give them some training on here's how to apply, which our team does as well. Okay, I, I have a couple more questions now. <laughs> yeah.
2: So when All you're right. talking about... Um, oh, thank you thank you Karen I appreciate it thank you if, if I may um, the you're talking about you know the fire in the belly the the thing that you want to talk about for the next 10 years what if the thing that you want to talk about today is actually evolving into what you want to talk about I mean you've done four TED talks now are they all exactly the same or are they they're, they're all different I mean, because they, they were saying I, I remember one of the questions was you know have you done this before on TED stage
1: mm-hmm. yeah yeah, there's a rule that you can't do the same talk on, uh, um, oh, you know, in multiple talks. You can't do the same, you know, the same content. So everything, the thing is we're all, we're always going to be evolving, right? Like the first talk I did was how to build a school in three hours. It was all about building schools. And so we built a ton of schools and then that evolved into people wanting to build libraries and water projects and girls scholarships and all that kind of stuff. So it evolved And the next Ted talk that I did was about, you know, what had happened, like, man, we got into this, and then we started funding that and the message that I learned from that was this. And here's the takeaway. And here's what you can take for to take away from it, you know, and then the next TED talk was another fully evolved version, because every phase of life that we go through, we learn a ton. And we have been therefore have more to share. Right. So yeah, it, it's again, it's that mentality of like, well, what's my next TED Talk going to be on? First of all, if you've asked yourself that question, never ask yourself that question again until the first one's done it's it's a way (laughs) for our minds to like start to escape and like run away from what actually matters because it's it can be daunting being just really focused on something and committed to it right it's that they're all just like escape mechanisms um or ways to like i don't know maybe disassociate or from the task at hand what's that
0: maybe fear of failure. Like I tend to in the past really futurizing. like then I do this, and then I do this, because I just want that security of knowing where I'm going, or how successful I'm going to be and not waste my time. Yeah, all sorts of negative
1: thoughts come up. (laughs) Totally. Is it? Yes. It's like, welcome to the human experience, you're experiencing fear. Welcome to life. (laughs) 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 You know, like, that's, that's part of it. And so, that and like what you said at the beginning this doctor karen you said that you know you've made fear your friend right you like it's, yeah. it's your buddy it's like, it's there you don't try to kick it out of the room just be like oh you're back hello you're oh and you're wearing a fancy dress today you're very yeah. um, <laughs> insistent on getting my attention or whatever it is you know like yeah. uh, it's going to be there and when it comes up like acknowledge that i'm freezing like When I'm feeling scared, like maybe a couple months ago, I woke up like three or four mornings in a row just paralyzed in fear. Just like so, it was literally paralyzing. And the only thing that made it go away, which I didn't know would make it go away, is I finally just said to myself, I am feeling so scared right now. I am feeling anxious. I am feeling nervous. I am so full of fear right now. And then it all dissipated. You know, fear gets its power when we run away from it. Right. And so in that moment of, well, maybe I should, you know, what if I don't have everything ready? What if, what if, you know, this happens and I, then I want to do another different, a different TEDx talk. What if my book isn't ready and all that kind of stuff, instead of buying into those fears and feeding off the energy of those fears and then, and then taking, making decisions from those fears, we need to go, okay, I'm feeling fear. I'm having the human experience right now. I'm having the experience that I signed up for when I decided to pop into this body you know, into this Absolutely. life. This is part yeah. of it. And I'm going to still go from a place of love and, and kindness and, and, and peace. I'm going to get myself from that place first, then make my decisions from there.
2: Yeah, and one of the truths about fear and, and, and similar emotions is you can actually only hold them for 30 seconds, you can't hold them any longer than that they dissipate. So if you actually embrace wow. it, embrace fear, and just try to hang on to it as hard as you can. I rarely can even hold it on for for ten seconds. When I remember that, <laughs> and that's that's the human condition is we forget our tools. Um, okay. I I, I want to say that everything that you've said on here has allowed me to relax so much in into doing a TED talk, and and knowing that it doesn't have to be the same, and I don't have to think about the second one. I can think about the first one, and the topic that I would have going forward from today is so different than what I would have had in May. The talk that I would have done in May because over that period of time, Dr. Karen has introduced me to amazing people and, and, and my passion and, and what I'm here to, to speak on is much clearer, though it also is like really edgy and scary stuff. So so I have to embrace mm-hmm. the fear because I'm talking about things like narcissism and abuse and, you know, things that's like the people really want that on their TEDx stage, you know, and how can you make it so that so that people can hear it without um, attaching a, a negative um, image to you. It's like, Oh, she's she's that narcissist girl. We don't we don't want to watch that. You know, so that's, that's a a, something that I'm dancing with right now.
1: Yeah, it's gonna bring it all up, right? And bring all the stuff up that that you've been experiencing in your life. For your whole life. Mm -hmm. And then it's going to bring up that so like, what are people going to think about me? Are they going to think I'm a narcissist? Are they going to think I'm uh, stupid? Are they going to judge me and all those kind of things? And if you look at it, it's like when you chances are you felt those feelings in high school. Chances are you felt those feelings in middle school, chances are you felt those feelings like said some in point. Grade school. As a, in as in child. kindergarten.
2: In kindergarten what I was bullied. Exactly. Yeah, by the teacher. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's exactly. like my whole life. There have been bullies, narcissists mm-hmm. and controllers and manipulators. And it's like, whoa, okay. Let's make relationships better.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the universe is like at a deeper level than this, the universe is kind of going, here's an opportunity to heal that. Here's an opportunity to heal that. Oh, she right. hasn't healed it yet. Let's give her another one. Nope, oh, she still hasn't healed <laughs> it yet. Give her another one. <laughs> wow, she's really not getting this. Here's a big one. Here's a TED Talk where you're really going to have to heal it or this is going to suck for you. You know what I mean? That's
0: going to help so many people. Oh.
1: <laughs> exactly.
2: Yeah, it's like Renee Brown in Vulnerability, which was the first TED Talk I was ever exposed to. And yeah, it changed my life. Perfect
1: Perfect one.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much for answering my questions. I'm going to sit back and and listen for the rest. I mean, you guys have just, what a great talk, Taylor. Super, super awesome to meet you. You, Like I said, you've alleviated tons of fears, especially about having the book ready. Just do the TED Talk,
1: (laughs) just do it. (laughs) And then, if, and then you could then get the book ready and do another one. Yeah. You know, <laughs> no, that's good. Yeah, I that's like great.
0: It. Thank you so much, Gwen. Thanks. For
2: oh, thank questions. you, Dr. Karen. You 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 just asked the past questions. <laughs> <laughs>
0: awesome. Fantastic. Okay, I'm going to meet you now. And uh, so, Taylor, I think we, you know, we want to wind down with kind of like what is, um how, you know, if you could kind of outline what your organization does, like the different levels of service, and then how do people connect with you, or your company, or even know that their idea is something that is TEDx quote unquote worthy?
1: Totally. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it really depends on what the person needs, right? So, the best thing, the, here's something that I can offer um, that I think would be pr- really valuable for people that are thinking about doing this is we have three TEDx organizers that specifically just dive into people's ideas and i have them just get on the phone with everyone for it's free have a three minute 30 minute call ideation call where they just help people get clear on their idea and ask and they can ask answer that question of okay is this a ted idea or is it not right they're they're coaches for my company they're also tedx organizers and they can you can hop on a call with them 30 minutes have fun ideate your your potential idea talk about your mission they can give you some feedback then If it's a fit on both sides, if we're like, heck yeah, this person sounds rad and you're feeling confident about your idea, then you can hop on a call with someone on our team and we can talk about like, you know, what plan works best for you. Do you, do you just need some coaching? Do you, you want us to, you know, really set you up to go and get your own TEDx talk? You know, what, what is it that you need? We can talk about that after talking about the idea because step one is the idea, right? Um, I'm happy to. I'm happy to hook people up with that. I, I can give you a link, Dr. Karen, that you could share with this radio show if you want.
0: Sure. Um, and
1: for now, if someone wants to um, just reach out, just reach out to me on Instagram. It's always the, the fastest and easiest. Taylor A. Conroy on Instagram, and if you just say, "Yo, send me the link to book a call," I'll just send you the link right away. Book a call with them. We'll be on within the next couple of days. Uh, and again, it's just free and easy and uh, and fun. And if it goes somewhere cool, if it doesn't go somewhere, totally cool too. And just happy to provide some value.
0: Okay. Oh, that sounds great. Well, I I know that uh, there's different people who have more time than money and others that have more money than time. So uh, I I understand there's different, uh, you know, once we have that the idea is a text kind of idea, then people can get with, you know, another consultation to see what best serves them with their budget and what they're looking for. And, yeah, I'm more the person like, you know what, you want me to – you know what, they want me to fill forms and stuff like that and do searches and research on the Google, Yeah, blah, 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 you know. Exactly. <laughs> I'd rather hire yeah, somebody yeah, else 200... to do that.
1: Yeah, you want to spend 200, 300 hours doing it? Cool, totally do it and I'm happy to give you advice on how to do it, no problem and it's, it's available to, to produce Right, a lot some of people
0: YouTube. are like, hey, I love that stuff, you know, get, get exactly. me to it, you know, and I'm like, good for you, not, it's not my, my speed, no way, I have better things to do, <laughs> I like creating. I don't like filling out forms and, you know, doing that kind of stuff? And and is it true that, uh, like, how many do you actually apply, like, per person? What's, like, an average TEDx talk yeah, application if you did it?
1: Yeah, it, it depends, really. Like We see, Eric, it took 11 applications, it's pretty basic. You know, a lot of times it takes, like, two and a half months. It's kind of what we see on average, but two and a half months before someone lands a talk.
0: Okay, that's still pretty good. Wow, that's awesome.
1: Oh, it's fast, yeah, I mean. The, and so are you applying to 11
0: different places? Is that what you're saying for Eric? Or
1: um, we, we applied to 11 different places for Eric, yes. Oh, exactly. Okay. He ended up landing two talks out of that. Wow. Okay. Yeah, very,
0: very yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's
1: very so cool. Feel free, feel free to reach out any And if anyone's listening and they're like, well, I don't necessarily want a TED talk, but I want to connect with this dude and ask some questions about, who knows what surfing or something like that? Then Instagram is always the best way to do that too, and I'm very available. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. That's great. I usually tell people, don't, don't, don't do that to me. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I do I don't do with. email so I just do I do Instagram and it's it's easy oh, to right. go back and
0: forth to people. <laughs> that's fantastic. So I'm just going to share with everyone the website again. It's www.theideacollective.org. Uh, there's also a link there of course to uh, connect with the uh, TEDx organizers and coaches to see if your idea is a TEDx type of idea and if if not, they can certainly give you, you know, um, some advice or, uh, you know, that what is and whether it's a good fit. So it's a nice fitability call, and it's free as well. So check it out at theideacollective.org. Taylor, thank you so, so much for your time, and this has been wonderful. We learned so much, uh, and uh, yeah, you're just a super cool dude.
1: That was a blast. Thanks for having me again, Dr. Karen. I appreciate you.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you too. And thanks for all of our audience and for Gwen Leopard, my friend, for tuning in, asking some great questions. Until next time, everyone, bye for now. Lots of love. Bye.